November 18, 2009, it's a lot from Pedro's show.
Live from Pedro Show. Uh, Wednesday night. Back with Brother Matt. Yeah, back in a lapse of shows. Our, our, our parallel universes have been yeah, we're, we're uh, opposite in, ends. Back in sync. Yeah, see the moon? What yeah, a finger. Yeah, any sliver. Is that a sliver? Yeah. Yeah. It's so the new time of year that uh, in Pedro we get to see the sun rise and set. Oh, that's right. Yeah, one of our little unique local trips. Yeah, another good reason to come visit. Just speaking of visitors, we have one today all the way from uh, Hollywood. <laughs> Hello. Hollywood via uh, Australia. Wasn't it the other way? Australia via Hollywood? Brooklyn. Sort of? Brooklyn. Yeah, that too. Yeah, Brooklyn. Miss Laura, thank you for coming on the show. Is your first time to Pedro? It is. Cool. Right. I've been talking about it for years, So though. you came to Pedro via Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. You have been talking about it for years. <laughs> That's okay. Orson Welles once said, no wine before it's time. Oh, yeah. It was like one of his, I think, last gigs. He was with those brothers. Paul Masson. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't the brothers. Those were Gallo. <laughs> I think Ernest this was a rival. Ernest and Julio. And, I mean, this thing had a screw-on cap. I think it was like 253 bucks. <laughs> but, of course, he's an actor, right? So the way he delivered it, right, with a big pause. Yeah. He knew what time it was. Yeah. Do you know the other night I bought my first bottle of wine to have on my own? I've never done that. I don't, wow. like, I don't like wine, but I've been trying to like it. And... I was by myself in a nice house, and I thought, well, I guess it's, you know, time to have some wine, like like adults do. I'm going to try this. <laughs> and then, I, and I didn't really want it, but I, I was like trying, I was fulfilling this, you know, commitment that I'd, I was honoring this commitment that I'd made to myself. So I uh, was like looking for a corkscrew in this house I was staying in, and, and I just started going, oh, f- can I swear? Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh yeah, you swear, it was terrible. I was like, oh fuck this shit. I, I didn't think I'm gonna do this. No, you want to hear somebody cuss my mom? Okay, good, because I, because I, you know, you know, we know each other, so she'll probably hear this. <laughs> um, but but then, so I started to, I found, I, I was like, see, I shouldn't even have this. I can't find a corkscrew. This is terrible, you know. And then I found one. Yeah, and then oh. oh, I thought you were going to break the end. No, of the no, no, so, oh, no! I didn't get. I'm not that dramatic. And then I started to open it, and I was like, oh, I can't open. And then about ten minutes later, I realized it was a screw top. <laughs> See, I was like, I'm like, I'm pathetic. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> and then I hated it anyway, and I went to bed. Oh wow! <laughs> well, maybe a step over box wine. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I know. I, but it seemed fancy. It was called dine. It was called something nice. Oh, but I realize I do like red wine when it's refrigerated. I know that's oh. probably completely bad. Man, I never got into wine as, as when I was younger. It was like, God, man, I was just this. I got to drink before <laughs> you know the rush comes on or whatever. The spins. It was, I, and I would get spins. I didn't like it. Uh, I don't know something funky about it. But then with Ig, well, first with Perry. There's a little bit of difference between the uh, Paul Masson and the $100 Bordeaux. <laughs> right. Yeah, because working for them guys after the gigs, they drink these wines, the promoter. That is serious. But yeah, Bordeaux and, and Ig was teaching me all these things of Rojo, Rojo, Rojo's. 
what is the Spanish ones? Riojos, and the, you know, uh, all the different regions in Europe, and, and eating the cheese with it. There, there's, there's something in that. I didn't know any of that stuff, and uh, I still don't drink wine regularly. But, but uh, yeah, I think I'm almost give giving up. I, I'm not into. They're it. amazing. They're in your mouth, exploding palate things. And I should say, uh, say what we play. We started with John Coltrane Exotica, and then we played uh, "Don't You" by El May, and I think there's a brand new El May album out today. <laughs> Right? Um, what's the date today again? 18. No, it's not ah, today. So c- two months' time and one day. It came out two months? No, no, no. It's, it's coming, coming out, out in two months. Yeah, I know. Ah, I'm so slow at stuff. Time. But you got your first but that's review good. today. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's well, I found it, it on the it internet. I found it on the internet. But I got about a couple months ago uh, a, a limited hand thing. Uh-huh, you did. You right, were numbered, lucky. And we played a lot of it on the show. But I've played your music back from when I first got it. Like some of these versions of these songs, I, I have a few. I know, from they, like, they, you know, evolved. 16, 17 years ago. Yeah, is that wild? <laughs> so the, is this album's been a long time in the making. Yeah, three years. Uh, but yeah, I had some and demos the, kicking around. I mean, but those songs. <laughs> I know, because part of it was in uh, Nashville. Yeah. In Brooklyn, no, you know, look, we're jumping ahead. Let's go from the beginning. Uh, where were you a girl? Where was I a girl? Yeah, uh, uh, oh, that's a, a nice question. It's a nice <laughs> way to put it. I was a girl in Perth, Western Australia, yeah. and, and I moved to Sydney. My mother fell in love with a German who happened to be living in Perth that was moving to Sydney. <laughs> and that's where my ridiculous name came comes from. Oh. It used to be Lara May Gray, and now it's Lara May Meyer Atkins. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah. so we moved to Sydney because my... What was Perth like growing up? Because I think it's the most uh, isolated big town in the world. Yes, it is. That's right. I don't know. I played there Maybe a couple times of festivals. Uh, big Day Out, once with Stooges, once with Party uh-huh. for Pirates. And it reminded me of like Palm Springs on the beach. Right. It was kind of a desert thing, but there's the ocean, and it, the India Ocean. Yeah. First time I saw it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty. I mean, I'm pretty out of touch with it, you know. No, I, but I'm talking about his girl days. Um, yeah, it was beachy and, and green, I guess, and then I spent half the time with my grandmother in, in, in a town kind of like this, actually. Like, like coast, coastal, country I mean, probably this is closer to the city than I was, but... Um, yeah, it was nice, I guess. It was, I, I think it was a slightly boring because when I remember a lot of stuff from Sydney, when when we moved to Sydney, it was yeah, a little bit more fun. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I was in Virginia until I was 10, and then I came to Pedro. My father was a sailor, and he was closer to Vietnam. Right. <laughs> but you know what? You know, I tour, and I go through Virginia, and I, I remember as being a boy, and uh, fireflies, crab apples, yeah. cardinals, and honeysuckle. But then there's a sweaty summer and a freezing winter, and we don't have that here in Peter. So right. I'd like to visit there, and it's good memories. But That sounds nice. When I came here 41 years ago, I stayed. But I tour a lot, So the but the bungee cord stamps me back to Pedro. So when did you move from Perth? When I, um, I think we were, it was about... How old were you? I think it was about 10 years old oh, or 11. So had you gotten into music yet? <laughs> uh, no. Well, um, when I started going to school, primary school, 
I don't know what you call that here. I can't remember. Grade school. I should know that after 11 you say years. Grade school. Grade school. Um, I had a couple friends. I sort of just, I was very on my own because my parents kind of worked and, and I was sort of like just kicked around with other families a lot. And I, very, yeah, I totally was, except I was so terrible. I lose, I would lose my key. So I would get through the bathroom window every day. That was my key. And my parents couldn't know about it because they, they got really mad. So I had to move the, the garbage pail after I'd climbed in the window. I didn't, I was a latchkey kid that lost the key. It was very sad <laughs> and redheaded and a stepchild, a redheaded stepchild latchkey kid without a key. <laughs> That's right. Um, that you say pale, you didn't say bin. Now, i got to tell people, this, this is, must happen to you. They confuse England accents with Australia sometimes. Sure, sometimes. Right. But you won't hear them be saying pale. They say bin. What? You didn't say bin. What, uh, what do you mean? Yeah, when I was over there, you put the garbage in the bin. Oh, you know what? I said that because I'm trying to speak American. I'm just used to doing it. <laughs> you know, right. I say trash. And, and you know, so you if I go say- home to Australia and say trash or basil or oregano, I get filthy looks. Uh-huh. It's hateful looks. But I, it's like I've, I live here. I live what about in aluminium? Um, Schedule. Yeah, I don't. I, you know, my brain does gymnastics before I say anything because I'm terrified of saying it non-Australian. But if you're talking, you're telling us, a U.S. person, what's the difference between Australian and an England accent? I try to tell them that Australian's kind of like a cowboy version of an England accent. Hmm. But for a lot of us, we can't tell. Right. And so Australians can get a little offended. Like, can't you oh, tell I, where I'm from? I think Everybody that, wants you to know where they're from by house. I don't think that. I think it's a myth. No one's offended. Oh, good. It's just, you know. Good. I like those kinds of No one's yeah. offended. So you had some friends that were into music before yeah, you Yeah, I had my with. primary school friends were... Um, you know, I fell in with a good crowd, <laughs> and yeah. they were. You know, I, I had a school. couple of great families that I loved, and the and the and the, the the kids played piano and sang, and I like sort of wanted to just be like that. So yeah, yeah, sure. I had piano lessons, and my piano teacher was shocking, but um, oh, so you did have music. I had. But it was some, like four stars. It was. Lessons. She would watch TV and eat curry while I did my scales badly and she would tell me that they were great and I learnt all my songs by ear you know I didn't learn to read which I still I, it still annoys me and I have a 10 year plan to, to learn to read music wow yeah um, but I so yeah I had piano lessons and I joined every choir and, and stuff like that I guess and would make up songs in my, in my room and this is in Perth still no it's in Sydney oh so in Perth Perth no I didn't really no I don't I don't my, so this is coming on when? Uh, like maybe, 11, now, if 12. If it's after 10, then maybe junior high school and stuff. Yeah, a little before that, mm-hmm. yeah. And then high school, I just was like... Um, Did you take music classes in school? Yeah, especially the last I tried two years. for 10 weeks and I got booted quick. Oh, you did? You said you try hard, what? <laughs> you got to stop wasting your time. <laughs> My time. Our time. I was shattered. I never took a Oh, that's a shame. So I got into music. You know, there's clarinet. It was hard. I wanted saxophone with the other hundred guys, so, you know, I got a clarinet. Right. After 10 weeks, his name was Mr. Luna. Do you still play clarinet? No, this was me. I was traumatized by that experience. Right. But uh, when I met Dee Boone, so I got into music to hang out with my friend. Yeah. Yeah. His mother put me on bass. I was 13. And... uh, 
Wow. I come from another thing. There was no clubs, so I only saw music in my first gig was T-Rex. It was arena rock. So you could never imagine. Well, you know, I did my very first concert with with Dire Straits. Wow. (laughs) I know. And uh, I mean, I didn't play. I was a kid watching. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, No, I was no. Actually, yeah, I was in Dire Straits. I was eleven years old. No, I um, (laughs) I I I saw Dire Straits at the Entertainment Center. That was your. So it was a big gig. And I got their autographs. Don't ask. Oh wow. (laughs) My my. My cousin was involved with one of them. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, I didn't know anybody who knew Mark Boland. <laughs> in fact, Dee Boone's daddy took him. This guy was from Nebraska and lived a lot in Bakersfield before here. And he didn't know what any of this crazy music was and was sitting with us. And there's a row of Hare Krishnas in front of us with sparklers. And he's like, you know, you could almost see the hayseed. In but he was such a good cat, he didn't care. He put radios in at a Buick dealership. He's a working man and... He thought if we were into it, why not check it out? And his mother, it was the pro- after Navy housing for me, and I moved these projects. And it, it was a way, his early 70s, to keep us out of trouble. Like we'd be in the house and would play music. Yeah. Or play music. I know. We, would, we didn't have teachers. We were trying to. Well, a guy named Roy Lopez, Roy Mendez Lopez, he lived in his car, a hippie guy, and he showed us how to copy off records. Oh, that's great! Amazing guy. I, I I learned to play drums doing that. I put by copying records. I, I put um, you know when my roommate was out, I would sneak into his room. I had a drum kit in my room, and and I would. <clears throat> this is my first house out of home. I was like seventeen, and I and I would put on <laughs> Nevermind the Nirvana record, crank it, yeah. run into the next room, and and I mean it was never loud enough, but I would. That's how I learned to play drums. Are you jamming to the record in the next room? Yes. <laughs> Too, and my roommate's like record player. He didn't know I was in his room. It was terrible. Yeah. What a, yeah. What, a, what, a, what a nightmare roommate I was. I had a drum kit. A B. I was in his room playing his record. Yeah, yeah. So that's a little ahead because uh, you're in and you're in school and making music. Did you make a band? No, I just did. Um, I like learnt Madonna songs and Kylie Minogue songs. And From pianos first, right? Yes, sort of. I mean, it was pretty half-assed. I, I was not being taught stuff. I was just doing it because it was, I don't know why. And I wasn't really writing anything. The, I just the lady child in the curry didn't like... Yeah, she and I said, I feel like I should be learning something else, like theory. And she said, an extra $25. <laughs> she wanted more money. She didn't teach me anything. But anyway... <laughs> Whatever. Um, so when you meet these other people, you want to start playing different things. For instance, the drums. It was sort of yeah. It was out of like a want. It was like I wanted to, to be sort of part of what they were doing. Really, I mean, I wasn't like a. If they'd have been doing, I don't know. I don't know. I just fell into yeah. it because they were, and I wanted to belong or something. And then the same reason I tried to be a Christian too when I was that old. <laughs> I just wanted uh, to belong to something. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and then guitar. Guitar happened when I was. We went back to Perth to visit um, my mum's friends, and uh, and that the husband, boyfriend of my mum's friend, taught me how to play a U two song. And I just he was like, "Whoa, she's really fast. You know, you should give her lessons." So I, so I. Uh, I went to a couple lessons in Sydney, and then the guy was like, yeah, just learn from a book. So I sort of taught myself from a book. Wow. But, I mean, it's not like I play guitar. (laughs) I play some chords. No, you play very well. Thanks, what? And bass. 
When was bass? I don't know. Down the road. Okay. But you must have ended up making a band. Oh, did you write songs? Oh, yeah. I had a band when I was like 18. I started okay. a band with my very good friend. Did you write friend. songs before a band? Um, I did. For, <laughs> for school, I did. Because I, I sort of like my friend, my best friend and I, Sally, um, we we did a lot of music and we would have to write. Like, we're given assignments. Assignment, but, yeah. but I didn't really. She She wrote by herself. But I didn't really do that. I, I would harmonize into tape recorders, like other people's songs, and arrange things just in my room, you know, from yeah. tape recorders. Um, I would tape myself singing with a tape recorder and tape myself taping myself, you know. Um, but uh, I didn't. Uh, then, then when I started a band uh, with Sally, we were called Luster Four. L U S T R E. Then the number Luster four. four like we that. were just called Luster, and then we got pressured to change. There's a band in America called Luster to change it, you know. And we were like, "Yeah, we're going to make it big. We are, we're going to compete with this band in America." So let's change it. And we went through these this weeks. This is your first band. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We went through weeks and weeks of of uh, of, of what are we going to do? And and then we just put a four on it. <laughs> we had no idea. It was a real bold move. That was a different reality to us. And we, and we made... <laughs> you no idea. Because like I said, Arena Rock, you never thought you could get a gig. Cl- right, I didn't know right. clubs till punk came. Well, so, we, we would play know, at parties. Imagine, oh, I'm going to play the you know, Long Beach Arena. And, yeah, right. No, that's, that's interesting. I never thought of that. But I you didn't play... Did. But when I went to a cl- punk club... You could imagine playing this. That's right. the first thing I said to D. Bill when I saw my first gig. I said, we can do this. These right. guys were just starting, you could tell. Right. It wasn't like that at the big rock and roll show. We would play at parties. That's what we did first. Yeah, that's what we. <laughs> that's all we did. And then I remember <laughs> like playing in a club and them saying, you know, in Australia, it's the foldback is the monitors. You know, do you need more in your foldback? And I was like, what is that? Oh, monitors. And it's great because yeah. I love that. I mean, not that I come from anything near as punk as you do, but I love that, like, the conditions that we first played in were just so, so far from ideal, you know, what we would call ideal now, that I, I can have the shittest sound on the planet and still have fun, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Unless you're on tour for absolutely months and months, which I have been with Ben or whatever, and then you just... For your own entertainment and sanity, you want nice sound. (laughs) You're in front of people and you want to kind of know what you're doing for them. Yeah, that's true. You know, what key is this? B? (laughs) No, P. (laughs) R. H. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You you can feel the veins on your throat just going for it and you don't hear anything. But you can feel this pressure and this uh, stress. I remember... uh, First playing with monitors, and that was a trip. The idea of actually hearing what you're doing was something else. Yeah. Okay, what was Luster like? You don't Luster do you have Ball? music? Did you make recordings? Ah, yeah, we did. We made an EP, a four-song EP. That you didn't bring it? I didn't. I don't think I own it. I think I'm just maybe starting to feel... Yeah, I think you would like it, though. I, but I, for a while, was so uncomfortable about it, because we just... I mean, I don't know how this is possible, because I'm... I'm only just overcoming, like, kind of stage fright with my voice, but I screamed, like, screamed in that band. It was a punk... I I played lead guitar. I had a Uh rat... We both had rat pedals. (laughs) That's all. Rat pedals. That's like a fuzz tone. Yeah, and, uh, and 
It was really pop guitar. It was me and my friend Sally. It was just a duet. No, a bass player and a drummer. Okay, which will remain nameless. No, no, uh, uh, Bon and the bass players was like this comedy. Bon Bon was the drummer. and 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 the, the bass <laughs> right, player bon was Sky, right? was Where else are you going to hear yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah he's it was because his last name was King so that's how he's got that okay. nickname but um our bass player situation was a hilarious like ongoing drama well, of like course. bands do with the drummers we're waiting for you what okay. what a shame um how long did it last ah god i don't know maybe a couple of years Else, or maybe less even but our last show was with Bikini Kill oh wow <clears throat> yeah and Definitely. we didn't know it was our last show we just kind of died I went to art school and thought that music was like lowbrow so I wanted to go to art school because oh. I just felt like oh these musicians just get drunk in pubs and I need to go to art school and, and then I quit that too but but um but but Lust of Four was fun and we made an EP yeah and um there's a song Good on there gigs. called Brain, Brain Damage <laughs> Did you ever do toy? <laughs> Did you write the words? Yeah, yeah. And and we used Can to cover. Um, we used to cover Paranoid. Black Sabbath. Yeah, and but we also covered Roxette and Madonna. We did this medley of it must have been Love and True Blue because they were the same chords, and that was fun. <laughs> That's great. But um, but we did an EP. Do you and remember the words to Brain Damage? I, I don't. But I screamed a lot, and and. Was it about? Hurt brain? Hurt no, brain. it was about. It was just about boys, probably. It's I don't know. <laughs> but but the EP is boys funny. With <laughs> it, the EP was funny. My parents cooked. My mum cooked a big curry, and 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 we had food, and it was very sweet. My parents were at every show. They that, were supportive. It was so supportive. So it wasn't really a rebellion. <laughs> no, listen. That's all right. Listen, my parents. Yeah. It was impo- My parents partied. When I was a kid, I mean, yeah. they did drugs and drank and yeah. like party. They were young. My mum had me at nineteen, so yeah. I my rebellion was doing being more conservative than they was. So I actually straight, straight. Ha- they would actually say to me, Lara, you know, it's okay to try stuff. It's okay <laughs> to drink. Or, and I was like, no, I don't want to try those things. You know, I was I, because it had been demystified. Yeah, yeah. I never I had an entry. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm 33, trying to learn to drink wine. <laughs> Maybe, but yeah. so um, everyone's got different paths. Yeah, I found that out. I remember doing my first tour and meeting kids and whose parents were hippies. Like, I none of my peers had hippie parents. we're not yeah my, my parents were, were kind of hippies <laughs> but my my mom was like sort of a a trendy hippie because she was a hairdresser so she had like a lot oh, yeah. of makeup and pink hair sometimes and dreadlocks sometimes and they smoked pot and it drove me crazy a lot of hair pads have the same art nagel that guy nagel the pink and black right maybe in australia not as much but here a lot of this nagel i asked raymond about that what's with the hair and nagel <laughs> but yeah, so, I, but they're I, on the cutting edge. Of course, they have to. Mm, That's part of the thing. It's know. true. My sister uh, Melinda did hair; still does it, but it's more like old lady blue hair kind of deal. <laughs> and uh, the chemicals were killing her hands. She went uh, back to school to get teaching credentials to teach uh, sixth graders because it, it's kind of hard work. It was burning her hands oh, it's on her ridiculous. feet all the time. Yeah, 
the, and the, the stories you have to hear all day long. I mean, but my mom was like, my mom was such a great business owner. Like she was so loved, and she still gets Mother's Day cards from her staff and stuff. Yeah, like she's think, so she was so sweet. I think cares a lot about social. Yeah, it is counseling. Like the ladies meet, and I know with the black neighborhoods, the barber shop. Steve Reed told me up where he lived. Man, that's where old guys and young guys kind of. George Clinton hung out. You're right. He started Parliament in a barbershop doing. He was doing processes. Wow. So you can't knock hair. I was the used to have an <laughs> army base here, and uh, the Navy base was there at Terminal Island, and the haircuts were 15 cents. Oh wow! What a ripoff! They were all, <laughs> they were all the same haircut. <laughs> they were Italian barbers too. I was so trippy. I was thinking, man, what Italian guys join the Navy? I think they like farmed them in. So, uh, <laughs> we got a job for you. So your parents were totally supportive. So you leave Luster for what, what? oh, but I just want to tell you this one thing. You'll like yeah. this. So we did this. E- we did this EP, and we bought two things of tape. You know, two reels of tape. Is that what you say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Having a blank. Anyway, so we brought we bought the tape, and I guess it was a couple hundred dollars each, or something like that, whatever it is. And you know, we were broke, of course, and um. So we did the first couple of songs and we realized like, whoa, we're, we're totally running out of tape. We need to do these ones fast. So we did the last two songs or the last three or whatever it was. We, we, we really like Picked sped the them up so that we could get them done on two things of tape instead, or, or one or whatever it was. I think that's so cool. That's iconic. And, and also when we, were, when we were mixing, which I didn't know about me, I didn't know anything. I yeah, didn't yeah. know anything. I didn't even know that there was an option to overdub or... I mean, now I, I just make, took three years to make my record and did it track by track and whatever. Right, but right. we just played live and whatever. But I remember we were mixing, and the mixer was like, "Listen, listen to the bass," and it just you hear like getting kicked, and then there was no bass, and and it's like we didn't. I don't know how we even solved that. Like we didn't care. <laughs> Like the, yeah, the bass, yeah. the bass mic was kicked out of the room or whatever, and no one. I don't, no it one was noticed. it was not a problem. We just kept going, you know. Well, what, what about tuning with each other? Uh, probably it took tuned. me and D Boone about four years to find that out. <laughs> yeah, we thought the way we tuned was we played down, you know, that Creed song down on the corner. Uh huh. And we thought, wow, that sounded right on your guitar. Then you, you were, were in tune. tune. <laughs> and some guys like the strings tight, some like them loose. Oh my god, that is <laughs> you know awesome! That? You're, like, you're <laughs> down on the corner, and oh, sound like the other guys that. down on the corner. <laughs> and we had totally oblivious. Some just, guys like them tight, some like them. That is so hilarious. So, <laughs> can I get that? <laughs> so what happened was, um, it didn't bother us. We didn't know. It must have, we never recorded those, so thank God. Right. Have no evidence of that. That is wall so sound. funny. Yeah, and then some guy I remember. I think D Boone. Somebody showed D Boone. Hey, yeah, your A note's got to be like the other guys. <laughs> <laughs> that is <laughs> Let great. Me in on the big secret, you know, like I well, love we couldn't it. hear it. I mean, you had no. Guess what, guys? There's a universal tuning that. <laughs> Everyone else well, we didn't have that. any idea. We thought it was like relative to your own machine, and that was it. That's, Beyond that, somehow they I come love together that. and do it. I love it. A, a heavenly cosmic. Okay, so you quit for art school, but Ben Lee, when does he come in the picture? Uh, um, well, I, I sort of I started university art school, and then I left that, and then went and worked in a bakery and did a couple of jobs and, and oh, moving up. S- what moving up yeah 
<laughs> it was. It was like I looked at and a lot of things. Hard, I'm going to the yeah, hey I'm now. Going to the I, I moved. I, I, I got fat. You know the patadorias when you go by and smell them early in the morning. Oh. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Smell. It was great. I went. It was. It was like very early shift, and it was Sydney Harbour. It was quite nice, and yeah, and I yeah. worked out sort of what I wanted to do while I was there. I wanted to go back to art school, but way more practical. Yeah. So I, I I did a different course that was a lot more hands on, and 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 I loved that, and I did that. What for, part of it, like painting or drawing? I started out painting and drawing. I did a lot of drawing, hours and hours of drawing a week, and painting, and 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 then I ended up completely majoring in printmaking, which is like pretty broad because you can do all of those things and, yeah, and right. I loved that and um, I was constantly being hauled away I went I had a band with, with I, had, I was in a couple bands I played drums in another band called Sneeze for a while and um, these aren't your bands you're like bands you joined yeah it was my, my boyfriend at the time um, he had a lot of a uh, lot of bands he was actually in the Lemonheads for a couple of years and then um, came back and kind of picked up you know what I might have met that cat he probably he did yeah Nick. Because Evan's been a friend of mine. I mean, he's on the other coast, but a long time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so 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 Nick, you know, dragged me into a lot of his projects. Not dragged me, but it was that was really fun. No, but he had a circle of music friends. Yeah. In that situation. Yeah. I understand. It was really fun to just, like, be the drummer in a band. And you didn't write the songs. You just, like... No, I inspired a few of them sometimes. Inspired. Yeah, like... Uh, I've done that. I would say something, or, or, or once he... Once he wrote a song called Casual Cashew Daddy, because I was like, let's just be more casual. And he said, but you still come to my house and you eat all the cashews and they're expensive. <laughs> so I was called, uh, he, he called himself the Casual Cashew Daddy. Have you seen where they come from? Have you ever seen cashews? the trees? No, but I heard that they're really poisonous around and the outside. Bizarre flowers. I mean, they are trippy looking. That they're like, that they have to really clean them off That's because right. the stuff around it is really bad. Right. Nature's. Protecting you, them. Did you see the goods? I had a, I got a picture the other day riding my bike of a hummingbird on a wire. Yeah, I get all your pictures. Okay, I didn't really tell about what happened after I took that shot. Now, I'm up on it's only a couple blocks from here. I stopped at my buddy's Dirk's pad. He's three stories up, and I see that down on the wire. I didn't even know I got the shot. I mean, that thing was so tiny. Yeah, yeah. Well, as soon as I took that shot, now I met my mother. Got me a yellow jacket to pedal it. Uh-huh. She says, Michael Watt, it'd be harder for the cars to hit you. And then the people, at a guy who works at Bell Helmets, a real nice man, sent me a helmet. So I got orange helmet, <laughs> yellow jacket, and I'm very, I look like a flower. <laughs> or maybe another hummingbird. Because oh. what happened was, as soon as I took that shot, it came he over was the... right, now he's got no screen in his window dirt. So it was right in the threshold, like that. Oh my God, so amazing. Yeah, and like, Facing me Maybe down. Was... I mean, this thing was the size of my index finger facing me down like all belligerent. Like, I uh, bet you it was an ancestor. Okay, who comes to mind right now? Who is it? Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, great granddaddy, what? I bet you it was. Maybe I think the that... Italian part of the family. I think that people come back Or what birds. my friend Nanny, who runs a children's zoo, said that hummingbirds are very territorial. Ah. Like they do these sword fights with the beaks, try to stab each other. Like you get away from my flowers. Wow! And like this guy, when I took the shot, he came up and you know got uh, you know wanted to do the. He was like dance. no pictures <laughs> or something. I mean, and he was a Rufus. He was with the red and the white, not the green ones. You know, at 
really flamboyant. And he was uh, like two inches from my face. Amazing. And Dirk was like a foot away. And he, we couldn't believe this. The, the, uh, audacious, is this word? Yeah. I mean, right there. Like, and then he just took off. Wow. Like showing us, you know. <laughs> I mean, the, it was 100 feet away, that pole. When I took that shot, I have a big zoom on my camera. Yeah. It's an econ- it's $200 camera, but I get them with big zooms because you can't always be close enough. So I did, it was all zoomed out. I couldn't have got a shot. But if I would have got that shot, I mean, he he was a moment in my face. Wow. You know how their the wings are. You know, they're a yeah, little yeah, helicopter, yeah, yeah, yeah. more intense than helicopters. He just came and just stopped right there and looked me right in the eyes. <laughs> it's very did, Disney. Did you see the picture of the Peregrine? Uh, I probably do. Peregrine was Falcon. this like yesterday? It's, no, it was a week ago or oh, something. Okay. Yeah. Right? It's from the cliffs over at Point Furman. Our oldest building's a lighthouse over here. And this guy, I, I look over the cliffs to see. Sometimes the seals like to, the tides, right? They can uh-huh. nest on the rocks. He's sitting there on a the cliff. This is the fastest animal in the, the world. They go on a dive. The old uh, name for them around here was uh, duck hawks. They chow birds. They're so fast they pluck birds out wow. of the sky. And he <laughs> stared me right in the eye. But he had bands on both his. Oh really? Maybe that. <laughs> Been out to a show the night no. before. No, I think he they got him when he was younger and then got Probably him Probably studying them. Well, for a long time they were endangered. We didn't have them because of the DDT being dumped and their eggs were too soft. Same thing happened with pelicans and eagles and uh, condors too. And when they stopped the DDT, that's when these animals made the... Uh, I like how much you know about all this back. stuff. Well, man, you know... It's I living got, here, right? Not just that. Uh, when I was 16, I got a car. Right, a Volkswagen. Oh, bikes are for little kids. I didn't ride a bike for 22 years. And then this guy was moving to Atlanta. He sold me a 10 speed for five bucks. Yeah, I'm so decon. Five bucks, yeah. <laughs> a French one, even, you know. And then I thought, well, how many bikes do I see at my buddy pads that are clothes racks? Right? Uh-huh. The clothes are hanging on. I said, this not, I'm going to ride this thing. And I got in, right, and you seen people, well, you ain't seen a lot of Pedro. One time you got to come and do a day tour. But we have a lot, because of our geography and being next to water and cliffs, you can ride around without de- dealing with cars and actually dealing with nature. Oh, wow. And the car thing does get you to listen. So I started to listen, you know, to be safe. And then you start hearing birds. And using the eyes, and I call them gifts. you know, it seems like every day morning person that brings you these things that you can't think of, right? It just foists them on you. Mm-hmm. And then 10 years ago, I got into the kayak. I had bad knees. I had surgeries in my early 20s. So every day on the bike was starting to get me. So I started riding again at 38. And then by about 43 or something, about five years of this hurt my knees. In a kayak, you only use the top side, uh, half right, of your body, right, right. so it, it, uh, I alternate, huh? Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, kayak, Monday, mm-hmm. Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, bicycle. So I'm doing, it gives my knees a break. And that, total eyes and ears too, you're at sea, and you have to be, it is very calming and stuff, but you got to be very aware, right? Mm-hmm. The ocean, yeah, is intense, but big respect. Anything nature, anything physical. Yeah. Not like a car with a radio in your own world. Right. You're more engaged. So this is how all this nature started happening on me. 
Yeah. Of course, when I was a boy, they had the scout stuff, and they'd take yeah. us in the mountains. And, so good for you. But, yeah, but that was kind of regimented. <laughs> when you're on your own and, and doing it. And mm. also, when you know, like most things, like people I meet who were forced to do music, some of us quit because of that when they were kids, right? The yeah. Right? When we had Matoko Hanans, right? The pianist thing and... I'm giving this up. And they came back to it because they were on their own. Yeah. And I think it was the same thing with the nature thing here. I'm on my own in the morning doing these things. And so I got more and more curious about, yeah, there's animals. You know, raccoons, dolphins, pelicans, sea lions, all these things. I mean, they're not little people. They have their own world. And it's kind of an intense world. Yeah. But it's a beautiful world. You know, and all of it too, the trees, flowers. Sometimes I think I'm part B because I'm attracted <laughs> big time to flowers. <laughs> and I also, it, it changed my music. Instead of just having the bass in my lap, you know, like track housing, you know, put the garage on this side and porch. Now I'm, 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 I'm making up the songs on the bike or in the kayak without the machine in my hand. And maybe uh, more close to music than operating machine. Yeah. And just seeing what kind of situations your fingers can make. Mm. So it changed me that way, too. I think it just connects you with everything, too. Yeah. But it's hard to tell a kid that, you know? Kid sees car as independence, autonomy, and it is. It is. For that stage, it totally is. You know, without a car, especially living in SoCal, most people have to have a car and... I could see to a young person how a car means I'm my own person. And when I was 16, yeah, I worked all summer to get this Volkswagen for $400. It was intense to me. And I gave up the bike for so many years. Now, I'm not one of these jamming guys, you know, go real fast. I do about 10 miles in two hours. I stopped, too, to take pictures. That was the other thing, camera. I didn't really have camera. And then I was good timing because the computer world came with digital. Where you don't have to buy a film. Yeah. <laughs> you, you pay for it once. Yeah. The old days camera was just the first installment. <laughs> and the film and the developing. And yeah. But then when these pewter ones, you just shoot, shoot, shoot. And it's bound to have some good ones. Yeah. After a while. Fun. It's really I, fun. I just got asked again to do these these shows about my pictures. Cool. And I, you know, I just point in this thing and... <laughs> Most of them, you know, I don't really show people the 99% of the lame ones. I think that's the secret of being a good photographer. <laughs> <laughs> the Wizard of Oz, I don't pay, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain here. And, yeah, because if I put all my pictures there, it'd be terrible. Yeah, nobody needs to know how many shots it took to get To get the shot. one. And a lot of times, it's just total luck. <laughs> it's just... You're shooting at the sun, you can't see shit. It's blinding you. I almost, sometimes I got, I have a thing, when you get a little less younger, they want you to go every year. And I do have a problem with staring at the sun. I do like it a little. Yeah. So they don't want to go blind. But there's something about the early morning sun. You notice Pedro faces east. Right. Different than all the other beach towns. Yeah, yeah. Fishing boats and all that stuff. Even, even, uh, Kind of foul, you know, industrial cranes and hammerheads in the cans. They get a, a, a luster 
because of that morning light. It's like the the, the sun's brush, magic yeah, brush. Magic hour. And it's only a little bit. Only a little bit. And then it turns to this bright white. Yeah. Or, you know, about SoCal, we get marine layer, and it's all gray until noon. Right. <laughs> the sun's hiding. Big blanket. So. Yeah, that happened. In, it was my first year here in Los Angeles. And in June, are, right? We call the it June, June gloom, gloom. And it starts... On the first, and it ends on the thirtieth. It's because we got mountains and oceans. Really when you have them that close, you get this thick marine layer. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's. I I found you know people ask me about touring and best town, best people. I say people are people. What's really different is geography. That's what's different. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so you go and you're at the bakery. You're going back to art <laughs> school. You're in uh, bands as a. Yeah, I was Drummer. like always going. I was always le- I was always uh, sort of missing things, missing markings, and being late because of shows. And I went to Hong Kong once for a sh- for a show for, for the gig? yeah for the, ha- the the Hong Kong handover ceremony. It was one of the coolest things. It was yeah. you know when they gave uh, Hong Kong back to the Chinese. Yeah, yeah. And um, we had a band called the Ultimate Vanilla. Which- Bruce Lee did that, right? Didn't he give Hong Kong? <laughs> no. The that, Hong Kong vanilla? No, no. no. <laughs> it was the ultimate vanilla. We ultimate were like a vanilla. Disco, we were sort of like a disco cover band. We, we played at like the Yacht Club and some other place. <laughs> it was fun and crazy, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and I did stuff so like that. I was always oh, doing so you're doing gigs like outside, to- touring? Wow. Yeah, I mean, sort of. I mean, that was the most exotic. But, but I was just like being torn away. And I had teachers saying, you're going to have to make a choice. And, oh, and, and uh, sort of like then, like I, on my in my third year, <clears throat> I was like six weeks away from final marking, you know. And I really was like, I don't. I'd been to. I spent four months in Europe and a little bit in New York for between my second and third year, <clears throat> which was over sort of the Christmas ish period. In in Australia, it's different, you know. And uh, I was a completely yeah, it's the other side obs- of. Uh- you know about this, brother, man. The equator. So the seasons. Yeah, and it's like school year is, you know, starts in February or January. Their summer is January, February. So I. Uh, what about the toilet water? This is a weird toilet. No, I don't. I don't look at. I don't. I've never noticed. <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell you. You're probably going to go there before I do. You check it out. <laughs> um, so you're in a dilemma here. You got six weeks to go, and the teacher's saying. No, uh, so so I, um, I yeah, I had like six, and I, I had I had been I'd been overseas for a long stretch by myself, and just completely got this idea that I had to live in New York. So I spent the next few months at school, like completely obsessed with how am I going to get there? How am I going to get there? And I worked really hard on my artwork because I was like, I want to get a scholarship to study in New York. So I just just worked like crazy and was like doing really well, you know, and was really determined to have an art career. And then I, uh, it's like six weeks before, Ben called me from Los Angeles or New York. He was in New York. And Ben and I had been friends since I was 17 and he was 15, so like a few years. He was years. making bands when he was like... Oh, yeah, he was well into his career right. at 15. Evan told me about... I remember when Evan first told me about this noise addict band. Yeah. Yeah, they, they wrote a song about me. Yeah? That guy's 15 or 14 Yeah, I mean, he's been <laughs> yeah. like amazing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so 
I don't know where Ben got the idea to ask me to play keys, you know, piano, but I just totally became his keyboard player for eight years. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. That's where I met you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I played other instruments sometimes, but I mostly... And then I got hired by other bands to play keys, so that's how that started. I mean, he really... he, he I had but six he weeks to of New school York. to go. He gets you to New York. Yeah, he, I had six weeks of school to go, and he called me. He knew that I was obsessed with so New York. So he scissored school? Huh? He says, yeah, cut school. Yeah, he said, can, he was literally, I think he might have even said, are you sitting down? <laughs> like, can you be here in two weeks? And I was like, I exploded. I mean, like, I was out of hand excited. I mean, yeah, I had you to were then. Gonna go to school so you could go to New York, and now here is another yeah. way to go to New York. And uh, yeah, I was like, amazing. it was like winning the lottery times fifteen. I mean, right. I was so excited, and I, I remember having to go to school and just go to my boring old drawing class with all my friends, knowing I had this, and I didn't want to brag because it was like the best thing that could ever to me, the best thing that could ever happen to a human. I thought if I told anyone, it would be terrible. They wouldn't be able to bear this news. They would crumble with envy and so I just I was like literally like giving to myself for a while I was so excited and then I, I had to really race through my work and finish things in two weeks when everyone else had six and my mum hung my work for me while I I went to New York and and started you know rehearsing with Ben right, right. and it was completely heaven I was so and happy and then he started taking your torrent yeah, eventually. It was sort of like rocky start because things were just like beginning and stuff and things got cancelled. I had like 47 cents for three weeks or so. You know, it was like ridiculously hard for a while, but I stayed with friends and, um, yeah, it just mm-hmm. made it work. And, and, yeah, and Ben and I are just completely still really close and all these years later. I mean, it's really, it's been, I've known him for ages. He's a daddy now, huh? Yeah, and I'm his little baby's godmother i mean it's really amazing we just totally karmically tied <laughs> we've got such a um long history and long future together i'm sure as friends so after a while though you didn't want to be in his band oh yeah i mean i actually sort of it was like a yeah i mean it was like a while i didn't want to be but i kind of <clears throat> i really also felt like I, I needed you to, to be. You want to be on your own. Yeah, I wanted to be on my own, but I also had a real commitment to helping with that record and a real attachment to that record that we made. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. a really special album, and um, it really moved me making it, and I just really wanted to... I felt like it's mum, you know? And so I just wanted to make sure I, I, I brought it up. <laughs> and... um. So, yeah, for a while I wanted to leave, but it was like my that, own battle. It wasn't, no one was keeping me. You know, right? I, I'd, you made that album in <clears throat> Sorry? In Southern California. Yeah, we made it at um, our friend. Not in Brad's. New York City. Yeah. Yeah, it was really great. And before that, you just came through to play gigs. You hadn't been here for. Uh, time, have you? Oh, oh, in to LA. Yes. Um, that I think that might have been my first time, sort of being here, semi, you know, permanent. I mean, whatever it was, it was yeah, like yeah, three months gig. or something. <laughs> and yeah, there'd been some touring, but that was the first time living here for a little bit. Were you ready to leave New York City? Oh, when I moved here. Yeah. Oh, that was just this year, and um, yeah, I was. Oh, I, just now. Yeah, I only left. I only moved in February. Here. And I was re- I was ready, but I was very sad. 
and and not uh, I didn't leave. A lot of people burn out on New York and resent it and want to leave because they hate it. And I left weeping and and in love with it still. So, you know, and I still love it. And and I'm absolutely completely happy here. Like I actually had the thought yesterday, and. I'm sure I'll change my mind because I'm a I'm a addicted to relocating <laughs> every ten years or six years or whatever. But like I, I uh, really had the thought like, would there be any reason for me to ever leave LA? It's sunny all the time. I can hike in a t-shirt in winter, and and it's a big city. I love the city. I love the people, and I also love that it's like there's plenty of nature here what, why would I leave LA? Like I had this thought, but I love visiting other places, but why do I need to live anywhere else? And I love how musical it is, this city. And and I love that you can go to a cafe and hear someone talking about the script and then some actors going over some lines and and people talking about co-writing and whatever. I think it's so fun. I mean, a lot of people would be driven nuts by it, but I think it's really fun to hear people working and being passionate about what they do. Yeah. Yeah, you know us Pedro guys, we don't go up there that much. <laughs> you do Hollywood's so. Hollywood's about 30 miles You north. lie for attention, Mike. What I've seen you there plenty of times. <laughs> I've been known to be in those parts sometimes. <laughs> but uh, you didn't bring up the real positive thing of Southern California living is traffic. Oh, yeah, that's... Well, I pretty much don't, apart from today... So, no, but this is the reason why... I'm not in those parts a lot. Right, right. Really, that's I don't have a, a big prejudice about up there, but just to get it on the road. It's I too close to for you reason. to have a prejudice. It's like two seconds down the street. You can't have a prejudice. It's pretty it much be, here. If you're lucky, sometimes I, I mean, you know me, I play it once, twice a week. So I, I do have to go up there yeah. times to times. And, man, you get caught. Or even further, like the Valley or Inland Empire, man, you can be in that car two hours. Right. Which Sao Paulo, by the way, may, they were telling me Sao Paulo, 4,000 new cars every month are brought into the town. Wow. They, they, they predict in a few years the town's just going to stop. There's no room. <laughs> All the cars have Gridlock. <laughs> yeah, huge gridlock in the town. That traffic was incredibly heavy. I wonder if it's anything like the Philippines. I mean, I've been to the Philippines just for a night here and there, like when I'm tr- stopping on a flight, and it was complete chaos. The I mean, traffic. people driving the wrong. I mean, it was like chaos. No, the, the, the Brazilian guys are driving pretty kind of sane, but <laughs> there's just too many cars. It's just right. Like uh, here, sometimes it gets. Or uh, I just I haven't. I don't Tokyo. drive <laughs> when it's crazy. I mean, I, I work from home. Yeah, yeah. And I walk to a lot of places, you know? Right, right. See? That's why you're not in Pedro all the time. Now you know why we're not up in Hollywood. Right. But the Matt teaches, right? How many blocks? Yeah, like four blocks. What do you teach? Like uh, alternative high school. You do? That's cool. You got teacher of the year. This cat. That's great. Uh, do you ever need like me to come and do it, help? Sure, come on down. <laughs> I mean, I could teach them some art or some music or something. Why is that funny? Oh, we're at the end of the first hour, so we got to. Oh, so that was your way of wrapping it up? Yeah, a little bit. Doing a big laugh? We're going to be be right back. (laughs) Okay. And for the. There's two more hours, don't worry. But we're going to come back and hear you play and uh, guitar and sing. And then Brother Matt's got his spin cycle and. uh, 
you guys can get uh, collaborate cool. with the Beats in uh, Oregon. So hold tight for hour two. It's uh, November 18, 2009, yeah. Watford Pedro Show. November 18, 2009, it's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
I mostly feel I feel really strongly, especially for my girlfriends, my 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 female friends. I'm always telling them like, especially they get caught up with boy stuff, and I'm like, what did you make today? Did you make? What are you going to leave behind when you go? A bunch of texts and emails to a guy who's not interested? <laughs> or are you going to make a painting or, or write a poem? Cool. You know, like, well, come good. on, guys. We've like, never had a guest yeah, tell awesome. us about that. Huh? You know, Thank it's you. like really important for people to be creative. Like, especially, it's, you know, like he was telling about your, your bait king of, what was it? The first song I wrote is, was a teenager. It was called Mr. Bass King of Outer Space. I mean, that probably, like, you make fun of yourself, but that probably carried you because it helped honest, you. Man. It was bad. You know? <laughs> and it's it was probably coming from like, a place of uh, inferiority complex, definitely. I was getting back at, you know, what? I, I play a bass solo that blows the band. And bass is just nurturing, you know, you bring the band together, you don't blow them off this day. Oh, well, but you needed to feel empowered. And I think it's great you did that. It was necessary. <laughs> it's only a song, right? Shakespeare, people get killed. <laughs> Sometimes you need drama yeah. to get a point to, to pull people in. In fact, Shakespeare in the tragedies, almost everyone dies. Very important, brother man. Uh but this this thing you're talking about getting, I mean, because you were at the crossroad between drawing and ended up get, do, doing printmaking, but end up in a life of music. Yeah, and and both were creative. They could have been creative. Yeah, well, we were speaking. Even the rebuilding carburetors are financial financial advisor. Yeah, like everything's creative. That could be creative too, right? But not the text messages and emails to boys. Yeah, I think that that's what just really... It's, you know, it's getting wrapped up in the maternal kind of urge of creativity. It's not directly actually uh, making a baby, but it's in that world. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, so yeah. women get caught up. They get, they're like, why am I so obsessed? Because it's actually so close to that world of actually making another person. But that's not what we're all meant to do. And even if we do that, we should always be making things. It doesn't have to be... You know, yeah, to do, do you, with... uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I like that, brother Matt. No, but this idea: uh, all all women have to have babies. My sisters did. No, I don't think so. Is it okay? I mean, they're both involved with children. They're teachers. Uh-huh. I play for young people. I never had children. I, I wonder if so, maybe some parts. Oh, come of on, you've probably got a few you, babies out you're there. A, <laughs> you're a failure <laughs> if you don't come through on that angle, the biological angle. Right. I mean, you should be engaged with young people. They're the next shift. I'm mean, not in a weird way. But I mean, <laughs> I know plenty touch. of mothers. <laughs> I know plenty of mothers that feel like they didn't. They failed because they didn't see stuff. I know, know, but this thing you were saying, the texts and emails leading up to this, girls are almost conditioned from really young. This is the mission. Yeah, mission. and it's not even. They don't even. I think yes, some of it's conditioning, and some of it's just an urge. You just want to meet your mate right. and like make a baby. But then why <laughs> and, my, and so why that my sisters. Hmm? I, you know why my mother used to curse us all the time? I hope you have ten just like you. So I think that's why none of us. Oh. <laughs> I should uh, uh, say what we played because they were all women, by the way, who did song babies. Nice. These are some of their song Good babies. song babies, my favorite. Right. First one was uh, Dressed in Memories by Tenko, then Robot Elephant Tears, Yukahanda, and then Eight Mint. I got bad pronunciation. Eight. A T E? Eight. Eat, yeah, like it was eaten. A T E is eight. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it sounds like E I G H T. Eight. Yeah. So, eight mint. By Kyoka. 
who's in Berlin now. But uh, I saw you at Spaceland once play the drums and play a piano, and the other hand had something going, too. <laughs> Do you remember this? Yeah, was, I remember. It was backing what... up Ben Lee and just a duet, and you were doing like a few band members thing at the same time, and singing. <laughs> I guess the drums is like that naturally. All the limbs are doing parallel processing. I think piano, when you learn piano as a kid or whenever, whatever, you got three things going, the pedal and the hand, and so maybe that helps with learning how to play drums or, uh, right. you know, and then you... Bass, treble, and yeah, the, the kind of uh, the pedal. nuance, right? Nuance mm-hmm. kind of thing, long hold. Yep. Yeah. So you learn how to refine, it's not just one dimensional, and yeah. then working both parallel universes. It's probably why a lot of songs are written on piano. It's almost like a whole band. Um, have you ever written songs on bass? Ooh, that's a good question. That's why I'm here. Um, <laughs> no, I'm a bass player. Because <laughs> I write I, songs on bass probably most of the time. I don't know if I have, actually, but I, I definitely get the ideas for bass lines in my head. And when in Lust of Four, I was really, like, really intense about you know, having the bass player played what play what I, my well, ideas. I have some altruistic ideas about it because when you write on the bass, you leave a lot of room for the other guys. Yeah. When you write on a piano, you almost you feel everything. The whole thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to try that. And I love you, the bass. You know what I mean? It's almost like writing a song on cymbals. Right. <laughs> hey, can't you hear your part? Actually, you know, you know, don't you hear it? I, some of my favorite, like so, some people that don't play instruments, really write beautiful melodies because oh, like they. Humble? They have to like walk along and remember a melody yeah, yeah, that's right. beautiful. Singers, frontmen. Yeah, like you know who's like that is Nina Person. She maybe she from the Cardigans. She she used to be really good friends in New York, and she like she I, she might be able to play an instrument now, but that back then she couldn't really, and that's why her melodies were so beautiful and and because it came first. Yeah, it's like she had to yeah. have a strong melody to like communicate what she wanted. Yeah, but that's great. That's great. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to come at songs. I mean, I'm a little biased because bass player, but I also look at this positive thing where you're living room for everyone else. Yeah, I like that. You know, that's, most that's people great. go in the bathroom. Yeah, they look at the tile. You know, I'm the grout. Ah. Put I don't know. I look at the grout. You look at the grout. Yeah. You'd probably look at everything. <laughs> probably. You know, <laughs> but, you, know you, you brought your guitar, so I'm going to ask you. To sing it and play for us. Okay. What do you want to hear? Well, the song I was talking to you about before called uh, The Order and the Nothingness. I mean, it's beautiful music and stuff. The words really are intense. And I I, I just wondered how you came from screaming in Luster 4 to this kind of cerebral trip about, do you read Kierkegaard and stuff? I mean, or there's, there's some kind of Buddha thing. I don't read Oh, um, there's a, there's some ex- existential issues you discuss. In this. Yeah, I mean, I'm a sailor son. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think so. I do remember some of some of these. Actually, this is going to sound kind of pretentious, but I was in the Redwoods, just on tour with Ben, and we just had we the would out. Yeah, Ben and I would just have because it was just he and I a lot of the time. You know, once we we had a Lincoln Town car, <laughs> we were driving tour going on a tour with. In the and, Redwoods. Yes, it was that tour, and we um, we I think would there's stop. There's one tree that's so big you can drive through. Yeah, <laughs> yep. 
And and we, we would do things like stay at Mount Shasta for three days or stay in the Redwoods and just do stuff when we had time off because we liked the same kind of things and like beautiful healing places like that. So we would go into – we went into the Redwoods and I went on this huge walk on my own and I had some of the ideas for the lyrics. But essentially that song also like – I, there was a guy that I was involved with for a while and <laughs> and um, he ended up having a baby with somebody else. <laughs> and, like, uh, he, he left me and had a baby and it really broke my heart, but I also was really helping him through it, actually. And um, because I didn't have a dad growing up. Sorry, this is getting kind of heavy. But I didn't oh, have a dad. where the song comes from. And he was he, – I was trying to help him – come to terms with what was happening to him, which was you're about to have a baby and yeah. you need to love it. And I was also like, you need to love the woman, even though you think she's psychotic or whatever, like you need to love them both in some whatever way you can and be there. And so it was sort of the day that, I think it was exactly the day that he was going to meet his child was the anniversary of our first kiss or something like that. So it was like very emotional and yeah. I wasn't over it. And, and part of me will sort of never be over that particular thing, you know, but um, it was sort of like a big forgiveness and <coughs> sort of, uh, sort of forgiveness and sort of like saying, I, I'm glad you found love like in your son. Yeah, but you were kind of writing it for someone else too. Yeah. Mr. Bass, the king of outer space wasn't for other people. I no, you know why it was. It supported. It lifted you up. Yeah, and you, and it, and 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 you were able to present yourself to the world. So I think it was for everybody. I'm so glad that you wrote that song. I wonder how it went. I know. Did you record it at all? No, in those days, never recorded. You know what? You're going to remember. You're going to find the notebook. I remember. One line was, you know pick up the bass and blow them off the stage or some shit like <laughs> blow them away or something it was the most weird thing beat down dude trying to get, you know I like it and, it was all, you know what I think about, about it as your musical pole vault it, 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 it you know was able to, to spring high and, and rise above so I'm really glad about missed King of space from Pedro. outer space. I remember going up to gigs in Hollywood and nobody knew where Pedro was. So I spray painted Pedro on my base. A lot of my shit comes from inferiority. I think you made it pretty... You've put it on the map pretty much well, at this point. was Pedro. <laughs> no, this is a town I live in. And, you know, it was weird. When I went up there, you know, I, I, my whole world was this town after Virginia. So nobody came from Pedro. So I wrote a song called that. Nobody comes from Pedro and... Tony gets wasted in Pedro. I wrote these songs about Pedro. It's strange. So that's that's where that song comes from. Sort well, you know, of. You know, I mean, sort of. Now. Yeah. Hey, do you have a pick? <clears throat> I might have one, but I, it could I, just I use be. Fingers. It's like yeah. I like bass players that can use a pick. There's interesting things you can do with it. I mean, it's not. I necessary. did it for a few years when Punk first came because I wasn't fast enough. Oh, you have one. Oh, right, legend. Okay, here we go. Is this gonna? Hang on. Some guys like their guitar strings loose, and some guys. <laughs> well, see if you play by yourself, it don't matter. <laughs> That's Hang on. perfect. <laughs> oh, guys. You're loose, sorry. you're tiny, and no problem. <laughs> it's when you bring in the next cat. <laughs> sorry, this is a mess. 
you're doing the song. So the song wasn't really... <clears throat> You were talking about universals. I you know, it kind of com- was. It kind of was. Oh, was it was too. sort of like I had to really pull out my big, biggest, like most bravest sort of. Uh, but then there was. It's very- all everything's for a reason, kind right, of. Right, but then it was concrete, actual things happening. Yeah, and I kept kind of it's going a weird mixture. Yeah, I feel like I kept going right. back from the broad, like everything's happening for a reason, to like, but wait, I still sort of want to be with you or something. But anyway, um, it's like. Kind of an, a kind of a, yeah. I actually, oh, the other thing was I wrote this for an assignment for a magazine that, that has a beautiful art magazine that has a CD in the back and they wanted there to be a logo or a jingle or, or you know, like a catchphrase. <laughs> no, a catchphrase embedded. You know how usually it's like all over that, like Coke is it or Nike, what, just do it. They wanted to hide something in a song so no more tears subliminal Subliminal. yeah no more tears is a line in this song and that's like from the baby shampoo which was relevant (laughs) anyway blah 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 (laughs) okay ready can you hear that guitar right I saw the number 13 train It was a year ago today Facing you, we're in the square Embracing while the people stare And it must have been a cleaner street But you were well and deep asleep You cried for what you couldn't hold But I love you still, I love you still Did you know regret and pain are just a way to stay the same? Each setting sun will let you know you've not begun till you let go. When you're unstuck and moving on, there's evergreen, there's disco songs, there's scraps of clues in every day. They're maps to use along the way, but I want to get you stuff. And I want to show you things I want to be enough I want to be enough You knew the most when you were born Before the fear you had it all And now your baby looks at you He's come to show you what to do Surrender all and nothing less There's order in nothingness no more tears connect the dots a love appears it's not a loss sheets in cellophane we might not meet that way again and that's the part that feels like risk cause I might lose you in the shift I hold my breath 
I'm standing still. I'm waiting by the windowsill. Are you still there, or will the change mean we won't meet that way again? I wanna be the one. I wanna show you things. I wanna wake you up. I wanna be enough, and I wanna get you stuff. I wanna show you things. I wanna be the one. I wanna be enough. where that song came from see but it was always a mystery to me <laughs> oh i should have kept it as a mystery now the entire planet knows well liking talks one thing but having something interesting to say is great <laughs> also right Brother man. and now it's come that part of the show which i dig big time it's time for brother matt after four show absence back Ooh, we're back brother matt spin cycle with a special guest miss lara on Organ. Yay, cool. This should be played at high volume. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. I want to talk to you about a critical, critical issue of our day. Net neutrality. If you spend time on the internet for work or school or fun, listen up. We're halfway to the apocalypse right now. The bill effectively ends what's known as net neutrality, which is the concept that everyone everywhere should have free, universal, and non-discriminatory access to the internet. No matter what your political agenda, net neutrality protects your freedom of speech. The multi-billion dollar corporations like AT&T, Level 3, Verizon, Comcast, and others want to be able to decide which websites open quickly, which don't, what information passes through, and which does not. You know what that means? They want to come in and discriminate against musicians, small business entrepreneurs, special interest groups, competition, consumer choice, political and environmental activist groups, bloggers, democracy, church groups, and average Joes. They want to undermine the democratic potential of the Internet. That isn't fair. We cannot allow this to happen. We've even got the Christian Coalition and the NRA, the NRA involved in this because... Let me just make this point once again. Everybody understands that if you have anything that's remotely not mainstream, that this can be um, blocked if these if these measures go through. Everybody, everybody, everybody. 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 Spread the word. Everybody. Call Congress. Tell them two questions. Why? Do you support freedom for your constituents? 
Do you support discrimination and favoritism for multi-billion dollar corporations? Call an old radio talk show. Tell them. I don't want big corporations to decide what I can or cannot view on my computer. All right. This is a major issue. They're doing it right now. Among the other bewildering statistics, next year's proposed Pentagon budget works out at over $42 million an hour. The United States already spends more on defense than the next 20 countries put together. Mr. Chairman, how? Yes, sir. I'm sorry. I thought you were finished. I'm sorry. No, I'm not finished. I've listened for the lady for quite some time. I, I want to make sure people understand my position. I'm not going to take a lot of time. But Let me just make this point once again. The Internet is not something that you just dump something on. It's not a big truck. It's, it's a series of tubes. <laughs>
crawling with geometric hallucinations.
life and easy, you can freeze the wicked hatter. You pay the fees, no victories, you win the battle. But like a sunshine, like a lighter. Look up the governments on trip, be going local. You cannot speak beneath the channel on the vocal. Intelligence, we telling gents, they know I'm no, no. I'm fighting like a raging toro. Looking for your next messiah Fooled by the ones who think they know your ultimate desire Cash games, square frames Baby be not playing in this game Fire, can't stop looking for your next messiah Fooled by the ones who think they know your ultimate desire Cash games, square frames Baby be not playing in this game
Thank you very much, uh, <laughs> Brother Matt. Thank you. What was the uh, inspiration and impetus behind this? Let's start off with the standard PSA, public service announcement mode, and right. from there, just trying to find little Friday something that would work for that cool little keyboard. <laughs> very cool. Was it scary? It was very scary. It's good, you know. I'm trying to co- confront this idea of collaborating. We're at the end of the second hour, November 18, 2009, Watt from Pedro Show. Hold tight for hour three. November 18, 2009, it's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. Lips so sweet, legs so big, her looks can make you dance a jig. Her touch so soft, her arms so warm, but what knocks me out are hidden charms. Upon this old soul, the love so true, I think about her, that's all I knew. She wiggles and wobbles in my arms, but what slays me, baby? Our hidden charm Who we want to be Who we want to be When I hold her In my arms It brings out all of her Hidden charm So sweet, like a morning dew. A real gun of exciting cue. Her eyes, they top, they say somehow. What slays me, baby, are hidden charms. Who we want to be. Yeah. <laughs> 
Start off the third hour with uh, Hidden Charms by Nutsack. They're from Montreal. And then uh, two bands from San Francisco, uh, maybe 32 years apart. First, we were Bre- Breakfast of Aliens by Quisp, and then Bad Trip by 50 Foot Hose. So the uh, experiences of our 
parents of uh, people who came before us can add considerable weight to our present state of mind. Huh? There's, you ever read this Irish writer named James Joyce? Yeah, this a little called, bit. called uh, Ulysses. And in there, there's a character named Stephen Dedalus. And uh, there's a scene in the National Library there, library there in, in Dublin. and uh, He's got this theory that Hamlet was actually Shakespeare's son. Huh. And uh, Buck Mulligan asked him, do you really believe that? He said, no. <laughs> An artist, right? There's some reality. Like, I didn't know shit all about uh, order and nothingness. And now it's going to be forever different now that I have that knowledge. I hope it's not bad different. <laughs> Is it? You look kind of disappointed. No, but it came from my experience. No, because music and arts are, are weird ways of uh, connecting people. Did I just disconnect you? <laughs> no, it has, it has new connections. <laughs> oh, good. Did I strengthen the connections? T-Y-I. What is it? T-M-I? Too much information? Is it too much information? Well, before I was guessing, like, right? No information. What's what intuition or... Yeah. Uh, What's ordering his no- own nothing? Yeah, his big nothing is <laughs> Mr. Bass, King, King of Outer <laughs> Space. <laughs> Terrible. I just saw his amazing song, and now we're going to have you, or we would like you to play another song for us. Well, I would like to. Yeah. And uh, uh, we should tell everybody, though, that this is not improvised. No, this is not a surprise. This is not a surprise. This right? guitar is kind of a surprise. You were saying that the uh, tuning, but <laughs> you were saying that improv- improvisation is kind of surprising. Yeah, it's not something I'm used to doing. Is that good? I'm not a what Kiwian guys kind of person. In fact, such a traumatic experience now that you're hungry. Yeah, I need to go eat some food for comfort and, and love instead of. <laughs> Calmness. It's a trial. <laughs> no, I think what happened, I just got pushed to the frontiers and you need extra fuel when you go there. All right. You know? Yeah, all right, all right. You so, said to me, take a risk, Lara. It, well, a risk. there's a line in the song, something about risk. <laughs> Not a surprise, this is ice on a sprain, you're ready for rain. This is not a surprise, this is ice on a sprain, you're ready for rain.
Stop looking for gates and just walk in. You're already here. Don't turn around yet. When you have a view, you have the view. You were waiting for. It's here you found it. Don't look up or lose your place. It's not in someone else's face. I still feel you in every scene. You're everywhere in everything. In the fire, in the freezer, in the oak, in the honey, in my head. To let your heart decide if it's still alright. Did you take us out to sea and tip the boat to check that we're alive? We shouldn't earn pearl eye sheen. You want perfect, you want clean on display and left intact. We have. Side with Side Mouse. Not your music. Yeah. What do you think about that? You, you put in a lot of time at that, huh? Uh huh. You done with it? No? You know, I think yeah. Yeah. I mean, my idea is when my record comes out, which I don't know what that means. I'm just releasing it myself. It's not going to be. Like the world is going to change, but maybe you tour it. I wanted to. I definitely want to. All I want to do is play shows every night. I love it. But I had the idea that maybe to make it more of an incentive to go on tour with people, 
like people that I really admire is if they're because I think everyone's like cutting back with with scaling down their bands and their budgets and whatever. And if yeah. an artist goes on tour on their own, you know, someone that's established that already has an audience, I can accompany them and open for them. You know, ah, dual duty. So yeah, which I'd be fine with, but I don't really want to play with other people unless I get to support. Having said that, I just I went to a sh- I played a show in Stockholm last week because it was too cool, like to yeah. so fun to go to another country for five days and play. I actually played three songs, which is really crazy and felt really fun. You know, yeah. But but I I'm not like pursuing that. You know, because. There's no point or something if I'm, I want to do my own thing now. Do you think there's special skills you got to know to be a side? Yeah, you know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you're helping great. someone else realize their... Yeah, it's so valuable. What a great skill to have. To like, your instincts get really sharp too, because you have to be watching that person mm-hmm. for what you know, they might want to change something or you've got to make them shine. So you yeah. have to fit, fill in the gaps and you have to like completely frame what they're doing to make it more beautiful. And, you know, there's like a lot of great things that you learn to do. And also you get to watch a lot of good music. Like I played with that band Luna mm-hmm. and I never would have gone to see a band like them, you know, it just seemed like boring or something. And I got so into them and into their songs and into the textures and into seeing and then Nada Surf, I played with Nada Surf, which it was ridiculous. They didn't really need me, but it was for mostly concerts in um, Europe that they just needed their songs to be fleshed out a bit more on those huge stages, you know. And and uh, But watching their set, it was just amazing, like a three-piece. They were great, a great. They're a great band. And this song, Matthew's songwriting has really been influenced on me and... Same with Luna oh, and so same you with Ben. you think when you play with people like this, it affects your music? Yeah, because I reckon that everyone I've toured with is like, they're pretty great. And then that could be just either like my ego trying to justify all that time I spent. But it also, I just think they're just really, really talented in different ways. Everyone in different ways. But Oh, another way of expressing your ego would be like reacting against it. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, so. That's true. It's all right. I think that every, I think everybody's I got something really lucky. to teach you, and it's a good. Th- I think it's a humbling thing oh, yeah. to let every situation be a ca- uh, yeah. classroom for you. Sometimes I think of the politics of bases. You look good, making them look good. Right. Maybe. And you know what I think also with What's touring that? is all about the vibe of the person. Like you have to spend whatever 45 minutes or an hour on stage with them but what about the 10 hours in the van Getting there, yeah. so you have to be a cool person or like a like an yeah, easy yeah. person and not annoying i've been always careful about the cats like playing ability technical just do more practice right but it's hard to change a character so i start out with good cats yeah hopefully i've been very lucky i've been very lucky especially a lot you're really close. and i play every night and you ain't playing, you're paying. Mm. So I boom, 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 boom. Yeah, you really do play a lot. Yeah, and my tours are intense. So it, it matters a lot on the character of the person. They're, yeah. they're interesting, fun people. Yeah, and just like, just neutral even people, you know? But but I reckon... You no, know, my we... guys aren't so neutral. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're mostly from working and things, but curious and interesting guys. Yeah. Not college educator or anything, but very interesting. And good 
solid cats. That's great. Not hung up on princes. They, they don't feel the pee under 35 mattresses. And uh, Yeah, maybe that's part of my fault for my tradition because I come from very <laughs> intense during the older days, you know, when it wasn't such a big scene. <clears throat> right. And it's okay. I, but they've become I've done the so, side thing. I've so shared in your family. kind of work now with three different, with Horn of Four Pyros, with Jay Mascus in the Fog, and with the Stooges now. Yeah. So I haven't done it much, but actually now I have yeah. three situations, but if you yeah. add them up, um, some years mm. now on it. And they're all interesting. It's really interesting, isn't it? Like Harry yeah. Farrell, Iggy Pop, Jay Massey's, all different cats. It's such an interesting um, social thing too. Like I remember, <laughs> just my my like I, I auditioned to play in the band Luna. Like being coming home and just bawling my eyes out because I didn't even know why. I just they were just weird. Scary. They were weird and scary, and they didn't yeah. communicate with each other, and they weren't like happy or something oh because you're coming into a situation that yeah. had it's all its yeah. own policy and then when i was after a week with them i got it and i got i got how to fit in with them and their humor and i wasn't so tense and i was just like well accepted. maybe you helped them too on that level besides yeah. your music i think i lightened it up maybe a little bit but like mostly with ben like he and i was so close i mean yeah. we shared hotel rooms together for three years and it wasn't yeah, yeah. like because we were a couple, you know, it was friends, and but that same guy, with like, my guys, <laughs> a triple. <laughs> but like, but Ben is like such a positive person and such a good guy, and so always seeing yeah. the goodness and everything that yeah, I feel right. like it actually was almost like I think he hates predestined. So. predestined. He, he has a thing with cigarettes, you know. Like <laughs> that's okay though; they're poisonous. <laughs> no, he's great, cat. His uh, yeah. vision is. Uh, yeah, he's, he's really almost like, if I hadn't me. had that, I feel like it helped me so much because I'm kind of, I can be depressive and dark and negative or whatever, but he, mm -hmm. he re like, it was almost like predestined in Lara's life, she will need this schooling with this guy, Ben Lee, to make her, like, happier or something, and he really helped my brain chemistry or something. I really think that. Because <laughs> yeah, actually, since we haven't been playing together, I've been getting a little darker all the time, and I'm like, oh, shit, I have to. I have to join Marilyn Manson's <laughs> day. <laughs> Any day. <laughs> no, no, no. Any day. He's kind of a funny guy, too. I met him a couple times. He's smart, right? I heard yeah, he's really yeah. and smart. And tall. Right. Trippy close. <laughs> Somebody, I got some music. We should play this, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, this is a band called Gravity of the Situation. I think it's a bass player band from Long Beach. And uh, the song is called Marilyn Manson Stole My Look. <laughs> stole stole our our look. <laughs> so we'll, we'll play some music. We'll talk back a little more.
The future is so high. 
Watt from Pedro Show. I started that uh, chunk of music with uh, the gravity of the situation, or gravity of the situation. Uh, a Long Beach man, a bass player man, I think from uh, Telemere Repair. I played with him, the cat gave me it, handmade covers. And that was Marilyn Manson stole our look. Yeah. And then we heard from Captain Crab with the master. That's got uh, my second man organ player, huh. Pete Mazich. Uh, my second men are longshoremen. You know what longshoremen are? No. Maybe in Australia they call them stevedores? No, longshoremen sounds familiar, but I just never Okay, they're the guys that load and unload the boats. Oh. And that's a big job here. Brother Matt does it casual. I feel like I had friends that did that in Sydney, too. Most water towns. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> These cranes, huh? When you came into Pedro, right, yeah. you call them hammerheads. And they... The cans or the containers, right? Pull them off, and but they got to get lashed on, and guys got to drive them around once they're on the dock. Yeah, it's longshoreman work. Huh. And Pedro, it's always been a big. Started off fishing town. All a lot of the tuna companies started here. Uh, Brother Matt's related to uh, Charlie. Charlie Tuna, Chicken of the Sea. Have you heard of? And uh, uh-huh, Star Kissed uh-huh. started in this town. Huh. Slab guys, Italian guys. Fisher, put their wives to work at the canneries. Yeah. The, the Terminal Island used to be all canneries. Wow. They're in Samoa now, but right. now Terminal Island's cans, yeah. right? Containers. Huh. All the Casio watches, your keyboard, oh, hmm. maybe your guitar, probably came in a can from uh, Chinese brothers and sisters. So, like a huge railroad. Some of these boats, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven thousand cans, one boat. Wow, that's yeah. serious. Amazing. And the dudes don't got to commute, right? We live here. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good thing. It doesn't plug up the freeway. Mm. But um, Pete Mazich and drummer Jerry Trebitich, both longshoremen. So that's uh, been a challenge for touring with them lately. But uh, I do local, a lot of local gigs with them. I'm going to make an album with them next year about work. Cool concept album. I like that. And then we heard from a band called Vietnam. Um, Dante, the Devil, and Dorothy. And now, uh, I'm not going to ask you what that's about. But I would like you to play... Uh, I want you to ask me what it's about. <laughs> yeah, <you're, yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my new opera's got some Dorothy in it. <clears throat> yeah. It's okay, because Wizard of Oz was written by a man anyway. Mm. But I think Dorothy's mission... No, she has no love interest. You'll like this. No texting. No creative yeah, emails. Yeah. Maybe with a dog rather than a photo. Are you familiar with this? Yeah, yeah, of course. Judy Garland. No place like home. But uh, Mr. Baum wrote, yeah, right. That's supposedly the bottom line, but my theory and what I worked into my opera was if you notice the lion, uh, Tin Man, and Scarecrow are the farmhands before the tornado. Hmm. So she's, what she's doing is she's checking out She's coming of age. She's becoming a woman. She's checking out guys and what guys do to be guys. All these trips they do. Right. All this, sort of like birds with the feathers. That's a really good take. And, I like uh, that. and with, well, the women are kind of limited. You've got to be a good witch or bad, or bad witch. Right. Because you're end up a some, wide-eyed Dorothy. Some kind of witch. Well, remember, she lands on a bad one by accident. And the good one brings her the shoes. Well, right. Oh, the ladies love. In fact, she, she kills both the bad ones because she puts the water on the other lady. 
who ended it, actually was a lady who rode away with her dog on the bike. That's a weird dream. So I mix this in because uh, in December I'm 52, so a little middle age. Ah, in my, 52, uh, like the uh, weeks in the year, the cards in a deck. Right. It's a big one. The number of Fridays and Saturdays. Oh, yeah. Right. People on tour who take Friday or Saturday off are crazy. <laughs> Only 52 of you. One time I was playing at, uh, in New York City there, and uh, it was it's the Ritz. I think it's called the Webster Webster Hall, Hall yep. It was in the Ritz in those days. I was going to settle with a boss, huh, after the work. I have to lighten, share the burden, right? I don't want him having to carry all that coin heavy, so I'm going to help him with that burden. And, um, hey, how was the draw, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, your art, your songs. Your <laughs> no, how about the draw, right? Pretty good. Huh? And he goes, it better be good. There's only 52 Fridays a year. <laughs> <laughs> There's a vaudeville element to uh, touring. I told you about playing every day, working the room. The other part in my opera, though, I use the little creatures in the Bosch paintings. You know, Hieronymus Bosch? No. Dutch painter. I know, I'm sorry. There's a lot I don't because, know. Because, no, totally no, American. I'm saying that because it's art, and he's a painter. He's a, painter, a Flemish painter from the late 1400s. I mean, there's lots I don't. I learned all my art from Raymond, <laughs> but he had these weird creatures and stuff. And I, I thought, well, yeah, a big painting made of little paintings, uh -huh. it's sort of like Minute Man with the little songs to make a gig. It's so <laughs> cool. I found out later too, well, reading that some guys' guesses are because we know hardly anything about them. But some guesses are those are actually visualizations because they're like amalgams of. Uh, Things put together, insects with humans and uh, right, machinery, and right. you know they're demons or whatever. But actually, they might be uh, visualizations of proverbs. Ah, right. If somebody's uh, concerned with other people's business, he, he big nose, oh, right. right, nosy. Well, I don't know, five hundred like year old Dutch, so I just made up my own meanings. Right. So it's thirty different kinds of men. You know, there's arrow-pierced egg man. There's man shitting man. That's one of the heavier ones near the end. But it's all these different things. Because I think cats in middle age, well, because of our work, I've got some Peter Pan thing that allows me not to fully be engulfed in middle age. But they're all worried about, or wondering about, which I think is healthy. What is life about? I've played the game. Some of them really freak out, right? Mm. Try to act like 20-year-olds. Or uh, whatever. What happened, Brother Matt, at, at his work, right? That blew his brains all. Oh, yeah, the dude's net. bladdered the other day. It's very sad. Middle age can be heavy. I like middle age, though, in my case. Because, oh, it's uh, terrible. Yeah. It can be a heavy thing because yeah. it's, you know, the glass half full, half empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have to worry. No, i got a few years. Yeah, so don't worry. So this is like you're listening to a weird, a weird fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> this is what my mom my, my No, I think about these me. things. I mean, I'm not like... But I remember being uh, more younger and not really thinking about him so much. I think about it. It's but it's okay. when you're a lady. Oh, yeah. Because the looks on women, they put heavy... So, so for some reason, guys are allowed to get old. I mean, but I didn't need to worry about that. Right? But, but No, no, of course. But you, you know about <laughs> guys are allowed to age and look distinct, right. distinguished? Yeah. You don't hear this about ladies. No. You, you see the news readers. They're like 20 and... 
And all the people uh, for the diet programs don't need the diet program. It's all about image and Barbie doll. And mm. So that's why I make uh, some of these bizarre uh, musics. See, like it, sometimes uh, you're encouraged by the environment, but sometimes you react against. Mm -hmm. Like a farmer would tell you, if you want a good crop, use a lot of manure. Mm. Right. I said, bring it on, motherfuckers. <laughs> and uh, now I want you to bring on your song. Right. Now, this is about, the, from the new album, and the way you made your new album, we'll talk about it after. Sure. Should I just start? Do you don't want to know what this one's about? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Dreams, Pacific scenes. She sunburned in her sandal. Where's the silver lining? I'm trying to find the bluebells in the bramble. The hemisphere nowhere near is the one you wanna be in at this time of year. You tint the lens, you change the view, don't you? Don't you? somewhere else Don't you Don't you Wanna be somewhere else Somewhere uh. And in her dreams Pacific scenes The pines The fir tree freeways The windows down The Puget Sound She's driving with the DJ And heaven knows the other coast Is the one you tell yourself you love the most So you change the view What will you take with you? Don't you, don't you Wanna be somewhere else? Don't you, don't you Wanna be somewhere else? Oh, don't you, don't you wanna be somewhere else? Oh, don't you, don't you wanna be somewhere, somewhere? You were held, you were helped by a great big hand of the sun. You are loved, you are loved You are loved, you are held, you are held <laughs> You are loved, you are helped By a great big hand of the sun You are loved, you are loved You are held, you are helped By a great big hand of the sun You are loved, you are loved You are loved, you are helped By a great big hand of the sun You are loved you are loved. Yay. <laughs> Something about your sister? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you made your new album, this song's on there. And it, it's, it's had a life of three years. Mm hmm Long term. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how did it start? You were, you were playing with these other people inside situations, and then you feel... I want to make a record. Mm. Yeah. And I had a, I had a few songs. Yeah. 
and I had most of them probably and then I, I sort of retired for three months and went to Nashville. Music town. Lived, yeah, I lived, uh, it's so weird though, I didn't see any music. I played some shows but I barely saw anyone or communicated mm-hmm. with anybody. I mean, yeah. I just stayed inside. It was so hot. You know, guarded the room. I guarded the house <laughs> and I painted and I just made myself write and, and then I started to record. At, I was staying... Um, yeah, but maybe you needed to. Yeah, it was yeah. great. I, yeah. I was in heaven. I was in heaven. And I started to record... Um, and I re- my first days recording were in the most re- one of the most ridiculously beautiful studios in Nashville. But my friend, you know, had the lease on it and they were away, him and his family. And uh, I had the keys. And he, I, I had his engineer for really cheap. And so I would do, you know, a few days here and there. And uh, it was the RCA room in Nashville, which wow. is like the A room, which was, yeah. you know, Dolly Parton and Elvis Presley and all these people have been in there and recorded in there. And, um, Find any piss bottles? I'm not <laughs> sure about them places. <laughs> no. Um, but, yeah, it was like I did some stuff on the M-Box by myself and some, like, with the engineer and just started and I just did it on my own. Yeah, yeah. How would you build the song? It was so weird because I had made music in a room half this size. Yeah, yeah, right. And I really kind of tried to do that in this huge studio. It was really weird and disorienting and not always successful, you know. What did you usually would, start with? Well, the first day I started, like, I wanted to play, I wanted to have a drummer to learn this song, but no one was around or no one was available. And I was like, oh, shit, I guess I'm doing it myself. So... I just would play, I just played, I mean, I played... The drums, you know, that's what Stevie Wonder did for his. Yeah, we had the same birthday. Wow. Me and Stevie. And and, uh, Grohl told me when he did his first Foo Fighter, yeah, Yeah. the drum first. So I like, well, the first song I played is the third song on the record, and and the first song I recorded is the third song, and I I just did the whole thing myself because no one else was around, and it's partly that, and partly I'm a control freak, and I knew what I wanted, and because I love it. Well, it's your record. I love playing all those instruments. Yeah, yeah. And I think all that time with other people and being so associated with Ben, and I think I just wanted to also partly just be like, hey, there's something, I can do something on my own. You know, it was like almost like a kid, like I can do it myself. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. But then as it progressed, you know, I did I, I did sort of the basics in big studios and then some of the songs I did completely at home on my own, recorded them on my own and stuff. But as it got more and more, like, towards the end, I was, like, getting my friends from the neighbourhood in to, 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 like, you know, sing and, and to play instruments. I got more and more wanting other people to be involved because it felt real or something if other people were doing it. You told me you wanted to abandon it at some point. Oh, yeah. Lots of times. <laughs> yeah, why? It's so hard. I don't know how people make records. It's hard. But you were just saying, I can do it. Yeah, I mean, I went between them. Yeah, I, like, between. I, I sort of like, I felt like I had, I literally had pictures. Of, and it sounds so dramatic. I'm such a drama queen. No, but no. I had pictures of like the goddess Athena. And yeah. You know, all these different goddesses and mythology and stuff to help me, like, remember. You know, I'd look at this picture of Athena and her gaze was strong and she was looking forward and she was a warrior. And yeah. I was like, yeah, i got to keep going. Inspiration. You know? Yeah. And, you know, I, it also it just felt like it was never going to happen. I wanted it so badly. Like, if someone said, you'll never be, 
you never you'll never be a school teacher i'll be like oh like all right okay or you never go to the moon oh okay you'll never make a record i'd be like no and i'd cry and i'd freak out and it's like sort of a reason to not do it and it's sort of a reason to you have to do it you know so so i just had to keep going and i i feel like i neglected my friends and my my relationships like it's so ridiculous but i just really wanted to make my little record you know it's like yeah yeah it's really I, important to me. Yeah, because the, the idea of the work, I mean, gigs, the performance is very important, the now. Mm. But the works carry on. Yeah. You know, when we're gone, they're kind of like babies. Yeah. They have their own lives. I think it's it's important to give birth to them. And I love I got out of balance. I know what pretty. you mean. For a while, especially the last ten years, I made so many gigs and gigs and hard not at the balance with the works. Yeah. So I got on a tear and I'm doing tons of works now. But I know what you mean. And I don't know though they were sacrificed. maybe if they're they're forgiving about understanding that situation. It's hard for people who aren't involved with that to really know, though. There's so many different stages. Like, yeah, playing shows is presenting a, something. A, a records are mysterious to non-music people. Yeah. I think they just happen. And sometimes they do. Yeah. But a lot of times you have to go down and pull up. Yeah. Sometimes I mean, it do I, take a long time. There's roadblocks and obstacle. Probably the biggest thing to me is my confidence. Com- that's a huge... It's like, I haven't been very confident well it's almost your the work is almost part of you naked there and like oh my god Mm. you're almost asking people to judge you Mm. but on the other hand so what good yeah because it's also your statement yeah your thing Uh, raisin what's the word raisin the French word reason of life oh yeah something like this but uh, of course it's also a portion of time see those three years now will be marked by that work yeah of course other people might not know it but when you hear it yeah yeah because when I hear I listen to some of my songs and just sounds like a baby yeah (laughs) and even your performances and stuff what were you thinking of uh, other people's records doing it influences do you have favorite yeah. records? Yeah, I had a song like the first song I recorded. I had two references. I had a song by the Spinto Band as a reference and an Artist Surf song, but not like just something about the energy of them or something. Yeah, yeah. But then not I sort of yeah. then I sort of stopped doing that. But but yeah. Well, the record probably became it got a life of its own. Yeah, but it needs like a primer, a push, maybe. Yeah. Just to, and it's good you had some songs from the old days. Yeah. So you didn't have to totally jump off. Yeah, I mean, now I wouldn't you have been able to make a record because I didn't have enough songs. Beautiful songs. Thank you. Yeah, righteous. And now you want to tour it, but also support somebody too. Yeah, or just, that's like, if I have to, I w- I'll do that. And, and I'm sure if it's someone I really admire, I would love to do that. But mostly I just want to play. Like, I love it. I love, like, I feel like when I'm playing live, like, I'm being beam down into the spot that I meant to be in, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm saying gigs are important. Performance is incredible. The idea of putting performance on a medium, on a piece of thing that lasts. Yeah. 
after you. That's actually in the history of music very small. Right. The whole history of music is doing it for people. Yeah, yeah. So people upset about the internet and downloading. Actually, now I have to do gigs. Yeah. But actually, that's the way it's been no, like 99.9% yeah, yeah. yeah, of the time. Yeah. But we do have ability to make things just like uh, old days. Stories had to be told. Now you can put it in a book. Listening to somebody tell a story is very interesting, too. So I don't think there's a weird balance between the two. Yeah. And also there's a, a balance between you doing your own gig and then supporting. You still don't leave your side mouse thing behind. Yeah, I like that. I yeah, like being yeah. told what to do as well sometimes. Like, oh, yeah. Even if it gives you, you feel challenged by that, like to bust through it and like, it's my, good exercise. Um, my missing man just got back from a tour. I did some gigs with Dinosaur and the bass player, Lou, he lives... Barlow? Yeah. Well, we we played on no, ben, uh, the Noise Attic record together. Do you know that? Wow. Well, we didn't meet, though. He played bass. But he lives up in Silver drums. Lake. So oh, not too cool. far. And he we did some gigs. Hey, can I borrow your guys? Because he did a solo album. Yeah. Oh, right. And so, that's yeah, right. Tom and uh, Raul, missing man, sure. And he, but he's still playing bass for Dinosaur, so he goes out and does his songs with my guys. Oh, that's great! The Barlow and the Missing Man, and uh, then he goes plays bass for Dinosaur. So maybe it'll be a situation like that where you play your band. Yeah, and, you I know. mean I'm quite happy to play solo because it's very affordable. Or, or just do by, by yourself wow, like this yeah. with the guitars. Yeah, or like, like I what saw. You saw. Yeah, and then you had the organ. Yeah, and the other interesting thing I told you I saw Petra do this where you sing. With yourself, mm-hmm. with the boxes, and you do percussions. Mm-hmm. She, she becomes her own band. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. The thing uh, captures phrases and keeps. She can layer it up. She can get a whole choir going, and uh, yeah, amazing, amazing. Uh, also amazing is how you say you're you're scared because on stage you're so intense. <laughs> yeah, you, like um. I, I can do this. No, there's like something right before I get like, like I get really like you have to, you don't have a choice, so you just have to be, just have your stuff together. But all it's only just started to not be this all week or all day ordeal when I'm playing. Like now I just go play the show and it's fine. But it used to be like stop everything, close the shops. You know, everybody, oh, my God, I'm playing tonight. Whoa. And I, like, work on my outfit and I, you know, be so scared. But now I'm a bit less scared. You know, uh, Sao Paulo last week, I was, especially, like, six, seven hours right before the game, I was so, so nervous. You were? Because you think you're going to forget stuff? I, you know, it was a new situation. I was playing Ronnie's bass lines, very emotional on me. And it, First songs, wow. But about fourth song, I got kind of... Into it. Into it, yeah. It got better. But, man, and this is it from years of flying. It can happen. I understand. I wish that you'd met Sam. <laughs> that would have been fun. Hmm? I wish you met my friend Sam at that show. Sam. Oh, yeah, he was playing in another band. I got that thing late. I'm sorry. They wanted $31 a day for internet. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Now I'll wait. It's amazing. I get to Pedro. I did the first date, you know, and I couldn't believe. I didn't know it was that much. Yeah, it was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Can you believe it? And you know what's funny? I don't know. If this is so important. Maybe it is, because the Econ hotels they're free. Yeah. You know, Econo Lodge. You know, and 
Yeah. And then these boosh pads, I guess they just think people kind of coming out their yangs and why not yeah. dip from every trough. <laughs> I know. You can. It's very, it's very weird. Oh, you know what I forgot to ask you? Influences. My influences. Yeah, I didn't ask you any of that. That's ridiculous. Because well, I know you would like to give respect to people. Well, you said uh, not a surf. And yeah, one of my big things is George Harrison. He's like my complete, he's like the top of the thing for me. I love George Harrison. Singing, songwriting, yeah, guitar. Yes. And there's a band called The Long Winters that I really love. I'm a big fan of them. They're from Seattle. Um, I love Leonard Cohen. Yeah. I love Stevie Wonder. And I, it's partly because he pulled off the, like, playing everything himself thing. And it doesn't sound bad, you know? No, it sounds good. Inner I mean, vision. much better than bad. Wow. Um, cat. Yeah, and I, and I really... I love that it came from such a joyful place. You know, he was like, I just want to do this because it's so Is there fun. lady singers? Hmm? Oh, you know, I'm obsessed with now, and, and I I was nowhere near as obsessed, but now I'm like almost sick, sickly obsessed with Nico Case's record, her, her latest record, Middle Cyclone. It's I've been telling my friends it's like a blankie. Like I, yeah. like I put it on every day and like it's like... I have it in the car, and it's almost this weird addiction where I'll be listening to something else, and then I'll compulsively switch it and think, "Oh, this is sick! I've already listened to this. I know every single, you know, detail of every song. I think it's she's amazing." And what, 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 <coughs> you didn't really say when you started singing. Did you start singing right with the piano and the drums and all that? I don't know. It's a good yeah, question. when did you start singing? Just you some, said you started screaming in, with luster. Yeah, yeah. It was sometime probably in school, like with choir. Did and, you and have I, uh, influences then? Were you listening to ladies? Oh, I liked Kylie Minogue and Madonna. Yeah. And um, I liked the Bangles. Yeah. And I liked um, The Cure. That voice? Oh, voice-wise? Not really. I just like the textures. In no, the that's what I mean song. for the singing. Yeah, because oh, you have this singing. whiny thing. You don't sound too whiny. I don't know. I was really into jazz, too, like jazz singing. I used to sing oh, like Billy? A- Amy's Behaven and stuff at school. I mean, yeah. you know, I was Bessie at Bessie Smith. Yeah. Blues shatters. I don't hear much of a blues shatter. In it. <laughs> Brother Matt had a blues show at the Kicks. Oh, you, yeah? For many years, yeah. yeah. I slept in the room that Bessie Smith died in. Oh, yeah. wow. That's Clark a voice. Clarksdale, Mississippi. Yeah, that'd be interesting for you, to, just for a goof. Try a blue shatter thing, because you got this very delicate, beautiful voice. But maybe you could like. What is that? Give me like, a big foot. You know that old style of the yeah, R&B. Yeah, probably be good for me. Maybe you karaoke. I'll do that sometime. <laughs> or with the guitar or your organ or something. But this style of singing where it's not. Uh, yeah, lithium. that's interesting. It's like, you know. Yeah, yeah. A trippy voice that comes from blues was Billie Holiday's. Kind of yours. But she had kind of a little girl voice, but with this experiences. Yeah, that's true. Closest reminds me of this this lady, Ricky Lee Jones. has this kind of trippy duality. Yeah. Her voice is really out there, isn't it? Yeah, trippy combinations of things. Do you like Patsy? Patsy Cline? Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. And I love, like, Karen Carpenter's voice, too, you know? Oh, wow. Because I have you know, a low so voice. Cal. Oh right, Downey, yeah. yeah, and drummer. Mm-hmm. Their practice pad was the Suburban Lawns. Oh, 
Yeah, when I did gigs in the late uh, 70s, there was a place in Long Beach, and I have a tiny carpenter connection. Huh. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, never met or anything, but that pad was... Now it's uh, people living in them, their apartments. Uh. <laughs> um, what about piano players or uh, organ um, Are you in that? Because in a way, that's very can be very like, avant-garde. I'm embarrassed. Yeah. But I got. I remember buying the Bruce Hornsby singer. Oh yeah. Well, John Mola plays drums. <laughs> and what else? I mean, I like. I played classical. I tried to play yeah. classical. But what Bach. about the other side of that? Yeah, avant-garde, and crazy. Oh, like Philip Glass and stuff. Yeah. Or and Bartok. Yeah. Or, sure, a little bit. I'm so boring. Like I feel a bit boring because I don't. I don't. Especially when I made thing? my record, I just had a vac. I was in a vacuum. I barely listened to anything, you know. But I mean, get, get away from tonality and just crazy sounds. Oh and, no, I don't really like do that, that very much. It's alright. No, I don't like that very much. I mean, in school we had to learn about some stuff like Philip Glass and and uh, Spotnik, no. Stockhausen. No, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not that interested in like that kind of stuff. Isn't that that's terrible to say? No. I'm really like, it's almost like I want to hear lyrics and then I want there to be a lot of beautiful things around it and to make me care about what the lyrics are saying, you know? You don't want like air raid siren and no. I, no. <laughs> fire alarm police. I live on Sunset. I've got that already. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I live in the crack alley on Sunset. Oh, no, I'm just joking with you. <laughs> Instruments, uh, reflections of personalities or... Reactions against them. You know, it's weird about humans. I, though, really want to thank you. Thank for you. For being on the show. Yeah, nice Brother Matt. What an honor. Lara, thank you. Big respect. Uh, good luck with the album coming out and then playing it. January 9th. And we'll play some more on the show. Thank you for uh, collaborating on the spin cycle. Yes. Daring. I some know. of that was a little avant-garde there. Thanks for singing your songs, too. That's great. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. It's been uh, November 18, 2009. What from Pedro Show? Keep your powder dry. <laughs>